Father, we thank you, Father, for this day. Father, we've come to hear from you, O Lord. Yes, Lord, you heard our worship, you heard our singing, you heard our songs. We seek the giver, not the gift. Our heart's desire is to lift you all above all earthly kings and to give you pleasure. Father, what a, what a privilege, O oh Lord, that you've given to your children, that we could please you. But you said it is impossible to please God without faith. And I pray, Father, this evening, even as we meditate upon your word, I pray, Father, faithful arise, that we will walk closer to you even more, that you will wash us by the water of your word, that you would set us apart even more, Father. You would anoint us that, Lord, that we will be able to hear your voice even more clearly. Grant us grace to that and we pray that even as we, Father, listen to your word, that you will anoint the speaking and as well as the hearing of this word. And let it bring life, Lord. Because you said, O Lord, Father, that your words are spirit and they are life. Father, we want to, we want life, Lord. We want your life flowing through us. Therefore, we surrender this evening to yourself, to you, O Lord. And I pray, Father, that every one of us over here, Lord, who has come from work, I pray, Father, that you would, Lord, strengthen every one of us, that you would quicken our mortal bodies, that you would quicken our ears to hear your voice. Thank you, Father. We praise you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's uh, message is, uh, is a kind of a corollary, if you will, of last Wednesday's message. If you heard, I mean, if you listen to it, I would encourage you to keep listening. We heard about whom do you listen to last last Wednesday. And I just wanted to um, emphasize on that. Uh, if you look at the just the word here in the Bible, it appears about 1,159 times in the Old Testament. And about 480 odd times in the New Testament. So, hearing or listening is possibly, uh, is, is, is the most important, if not the most, the, uh, one of the most important aspects of our growing in the Lord is hearing. Uh, if you remember, in the Sunday school, we looked at, uh, uh, the, um, John Bunyan's book, The Holy War, right? And you remember this man's soul guarded by five gates, and one of the gate was the, what gate? The ear gate, remember children? And how does the enemy attack? He doesn't attack through the eye gate or the, or the nose gate. It, it attacks through the what gate? Through the ear gate, right? I mean, fantastic allegory, if you will, by John Bunyan. So, so very important aspect. So, I mean, we don't ha- we can't, uh, we wouldn't have heard enough of hearing. You hear about hearing and you'll want to hear more because there's so many aspects of hearing. So many facets and so many, so many dimensionalities to it that it's, it's possibly the quintessential of all the, uh, the senses that God has given, the spiritual senses that God has given to us. Hear, O Israel. Remember? That's how it, um, the Jewish life starts right from their childhood. Okay, so you looked at faith and hearing, um, in, a, in, in our studies, faith and hearing, right? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of all those who diligently seek him. And how do we get this faith? We get this faith, Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this is so important for us. Um, it's, it's interesting that if you look at this, uh, the translation here, it says, so then faith comes by hearing. And you look at the word comes, it's, it's in italics. So in other words, the original translation does not have it. It's, it's added by the translators to render the meaning of the word in Greek. If you remove comes, look at, look at how it sounds. So then faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see? Faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I mean, the comes is what is added there. I mean, if you remove the comes, it's very interesting. Faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Makes so much of sense, right? And we've been listening to that over and over and over again in our church. And we will look at familiar scripture, but of course, from a different light as well. So, we know two important aspects about hearing. What we hear and how we hear. Both found in the parable of the sower. Found in gospel according to Matthew chapter 13 and gospel according to Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8. All three of the gospels except John's gospel will talk about the parable of the sower. And uh, in fact the gospel according to Mark will go one step ahead and say... Jesus will ask, I mean, will, will, will ask the disciples, did you understand this parable? And he says, if you do not understand this parable, how will you understand any other parable? So the gospel, I mean, the, the parable of the sower is, 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 is the, is the, is the fundamental parable upon which the every other parable is opened up, right? So, and in, in gospel according to Mark, he, he emphasizes on the what we hear part. The content of the hearing. Look at what he says in Gospel according to Mark chapter 4. This is the parable of the sower, verses 24 to 25. And he said to them, pay attention. Other translations will say, pay careful attention to what you hear. Right? So, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. In other words, what you hear will determine how much you will hear in the future. You understand what I'm saying? What you hear now will determine, and of course, the cons- and, 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 and as a consequence, what happens to you in terms of your obedience, will determine how much you will hear in the future. So many, many ch- 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 uh, believers, over a period of time, they stop hearing. It's like, uh, you, you know the story of Abraham. Abraham was asked to leave his father's house. And he comes and he takes his father and he comes to Haran. And he's stuck at Haran for several years. And God stops speaking to him. Because he's not ready to hear. He doesn't have the capacity or the disposition to hear him. And he only hears when his father dies. And then you see when he has Ishmael for 13 years, he doesn't hear God. So further hearing determines, is determined by what you hear now. That is what he's trying to say, you see. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. I'll tell you, this is such a practical thing, you know. I mean, uh, for example, you know, if it happened, it happens to all of you as students. 
and it also happens to you experience that as a teacher as well. Now, if you come to a class, for example, uh, it's a very difficult course, and the professor will right away say, very difficult course, I would really, really encourage you not to miss even a single class. Right? So, the first class, the students come, how they hear the first class will determine how they will hear the next class and the next class and the next class and the next class and the next class. I mean, it particularly happens in mathematics. You know what I'm talking about. Because all the further comp, uh, uh, the, 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 the concepts are completely dependent upon what you hear in the first class. So, so if you say, oh yeah, yeah, I understood, and you don't go back home and do your homework like the, the prof says, you know what, I'm giving you this assignment, you better finish this assignment. If you don't finish the assignment, the next two, three classes will be just Greek and Latin to you. And you know, that's exactly what happens to many, many students, you know, when they, when they want to take tough courses, they don't credit a course, they what we call is audited. How many of you audited courses, right? <laughs> Audit means they will go and check it out first. They don't commit to the course. <laughs> okay, if you go to top school, I mean, in, in India, if you, like, yeah, IIIT used to have auditing courses. What, what is auditing means? There's an adding and dropping of courses also, right? So you add a particular course as an elective. You, you sit in the first class. Are you in the class? Depending upon what you hear, how much you understand, you will decide whether to continue the course or not. Otherwise, you'll drop it. So this is exactly what he's saying. You see, how much you understand in the future will completely depend upon it. This is so true in Christianity. However, it is not as tangible as it is in 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 in, uh, in your university. It's more tangible, but in Christianity also it is true in your walk with the Lord. So how you hear now will determine how much you will hear in the future. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, get the point. So, so it's very. Just look at another place. No, uh, in the New Living Translation, look at this is how he uh, expounds it. No, listen, it's very interesting. He says, then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. Same thing, same translation, same uh, passage in the New Living Translation. The closer you listen, <laughs> the more understanding will be given, and you will receive more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away. That's exactly what happens to many people who take my course. By the time they come to the third or fourth class, little understanding they had in the first class, that is all gone. Because because they have not backed it up with consistent work and done the assignments and applied it, etc., etc., etc. So therefore you should be, and, and, and what is the emphasis over here is what you hear. Okay. Look at, look at, uh, Proverbs chapter one. The first proverb. You know how, you know what the first proverb is? <laughs> Interesting. First proverb, Proverbs chapter one, verse one onwards. And this is in, um, the NKJV, New King James Version. A, a wise man will hear. Okay. A wise will hear. Actually, man is just added there. Okay. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. So, hearing and increase of your learning is directly proportional. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. For what? To understand a proverb and an enigma. You know what an enigma, the word enigma it's, 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 it's very interesting actually. 
It's more to do with a person. No, for example, my wife is an enigma to me. I mean, <laughs> I've been married to her, but sometimes I don't understand what she thinks or what, or my husband is an enigma to me. No, it's, and, and for many believers, God is an enigma. He's an enigma. So enigmatic personality. <laughs> you see, to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of their of the wise and their dark sayings or riddles, it what it's KJV will use the word dark sayings. Meaning for many, many believers, when they read the Bible, it is darkness. It is a dark saying. They don't understand it. Why? Because it is directly connected to hearing. You understand what I'm saying? You get it? You're getting it? So, in what you hear, therefore, has two components. Okay? So, what you hear, but what, what is the consequence of the hearing is, this is what uh, Marx will ch- talk about, Marx Gospel chapter 4. What we hear has a direct effect on the amount of fruit that we bear. Mark's gospel chapter 4 verse 20. But those who were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept and bear 30, 60, 100. You know what Luke's, Luke's gospel will say? Luke will not talk about 30. Luke will not even talk about 60. You know what Luke will talk about? Only? You know what will Luke, will Luke will talk about? Only 100. You know, we have our children studying in our school. You know what the benchmark is for them to pass? 90. What is attainable is 100. And I'm telling you, if they consistently do their work, 100 is attainable. And my dad used to always say, Vijay, you can never score good in English. But one thing, guarantee, if you do well in math, you will can always score 100. It doesn't matter which examination it is. You can go to PhD and score 100. I, that's exactly what happened to me. Uh, one, one course called, quite some years, years back, I had to take the course. I said, Baba, I was actually scared of the course. So I worked really hard on it. Finally, the final exam got 100. 100. It's possible. That's a, the that's a whole point. And God doesn't give us something which is not possible. You getting it, children? Huh? So, so the, the, what you hear, therefore, there are two aspects, at least for me, as to what you hear. How do you determine what to hear? What should you be careful about? Be pay careful attention to what you hear. So what should I be careful about in terms of determining for myself what to hear? It's a question, right? First, pay careful attention to the Content. You got it? Very careful attention to the content. How will I know that whatever is, whatever is being preached is right content or wrong content? You know, that is the reason why once you come to a church, in our church, what we teach you is to be a Berean believer. Those in Berea, actually it says the Jews in Berea. 
which were much more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, but went and searched the scriptures to see what was being spoken is true or not. In other words, it's so very important to be not carried away by personality, but by the content of what the personality is bringing. You know, we were talking when I was teaching the children about leaven of the Pharisees. Then they asked this question, what is leaven? You know, what is leaven? Is something which you add to roti and it puffs up. What does it mean? The content is so much only, but it looks like big. You know, my children, the, the chocolate they like is, you know what, candy cotton. You said, every time we go to Isaac, they say, Papa, you should buy me candy cotton. What is candy cotton? It looks so huge. Right? It's a huge candy cotton. You take a bite. Gone. It is really candy cotton. No content in it. You see? This is exactly what he's saying. You should be very careful. You said, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Meaning they have very little content, but they have a lot of fluff over there. And then these guys don't understand. Oh, he's he's rebuking us because we did not carry bread. And he says, guys, did you not understand? I'm not. I'm talking about the teaching of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees, of the Herodians rather, or Sadducees. Hmm? So be careful. Be careful of the content of this of every sermon or every preaching that you hear on the internet or even from here. Don't. Go back and listen. You know, there's something which you need to do. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing that now. You know, and if you think that, oh, it's one and a half hours, four or two hours, no problem. If you have podcast, 1.5 times, you can actually increment it by 1.6, 1.7. Actually, 1.8 is fantastic. Okay, you don't, the speed is good and you also get the content. Okay, so you can listen to a two-hour sermon, let's say in one and a half, one hour, 30 minutes, or a one, one, one hour, 15-minute sermon in 45 minutes. You go for a walk and you're done with the sermon. So listen to it over and over again. So be careful attention. That's exactly what Paul will say in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. He says, but even if I, you see, don't get carried away by my personality. If I were, if we or, or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel, other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse, as we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody, doesn't matter how big the name is, and you have a real strong and very glorious opinion about him, it doesn't matter. If anybody is preaching to your gospel other than what you have accepted, let them be under God's cause. So careful attention to the content. So that is the reason why you know what uh, Paul will tell Timothy, right? Rebuke, exhort, correct with all long suffering. That's what he says. You know what? Rebuke, exhort, correct, encourage with all long suffering. Meaning, when you make a meal, put some palak. You know, in my in my home when we were growing up, everything is an examination only. All examination language. My mother used to say, Vijay, palakura, compulsory question. What is compulsory question? That means if you don't eat that, you will not get food. Basically. So she used to put palak. She should, so I have to eat the meal. So uh, I should take the palak and eat the rest of the meal. So 
So he says, put palakura, put pappu, put egg, put, then also put a little bit of sweet there, you know, whatever sweet, laddu, ravaladu, whatever, but put everything. Just don't put laddus. So content is very important. Otherwise it's all going to be, I'm telling you honestly, we can, we'll become diabetic believers. What is diabetic believers? You know what diabetic believers, you know, there's a, there's a dialogue in a movie. Tinnaga tinte sachputar. In other words, if he eats a good meal, he will die. That is what his diabetic means. That means he, his system cannot accept a good meal. You understand what I'm saying? So content is important. Get your body used, or rather your spiritual body, used to good, wholesome meal of the word of God. Content, very important. Second, if equally important, because see, Christianity is just not, you know, coming into a class and and listening to some theory. No, 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 no. It is apprentice. You know what apprentice is, right? You listen, you practice. You listen, you practice. You need mentors every step of the way. So what is the second, in what you hear, second important thing, if not as important as the content, second important, I, I believe it's very important for me, it is very, very important, is this. Careful attention to the messenger. Who's bearing the message? You understand what I'm saying? You know, you know, one of the things sometimes if I want to know if a particular doctrine is right or wrong, you know what I search, whom I search for, what does Zach Punan think about it first? <laughs> what about John Piper think about it? I listen to people because I know their lives. Look at how Paul tells Timothy, I love this verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Second Timothy 1.13, he says, hold, look at this, say, everybody say, hold, say everybody, ha, 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 do this, hold, hmm? hold, you say this is important, hold, okay, hold on to the pattern of what teaching? Wholesome teaching you learn from me, this is a pattern, so look at how he's saying, Shaped by faith and love. You see that? That is important. And he's telling Timothy, you know my teaching. And you know the pattern of my teaching. That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 6 verse 17, it says, For thanks be to God, though you were once slaves to sin, you obeyed from the heart, what? To that Pattern of teaching that was entrusted into your hands. And having been become slaves of righteousness, you've been freed from sin. You see, so important to hold on to the pattern of sound words. In other words, very, very sure. I mean, that is the reason why it's, pastor keeps on telling not many should be teachers. Why? Because teaching comes with an incredible responsibility. Incredible responsibility. Because if you stumble, everybody else is people. He says, you know what, if you, if Roman, it's actually Matthew chapter 18, he says, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it is better for you to have a milestone around your neck and be drowned into the fire. Because your life should never become a stumbling block to others. And you know what he says, therefore, therefore, if your right eye causes you to stumble, cut it off. 
If your ear causes to eye causes to stumble, remove it. If your ear causes to stumble, cut it off because it is so important because people are watching. What you're watching, what you're listening, how you're walking, the decisions that you're making, how you handle money. Oh, everybody. Everything is being watched. So important, therefore, to hold on to the pattern of teaching. So, what you listen to has two components. The content of the message and also the messenger. Therefore, 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 look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20. I love this verse. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Can we all read it together? He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. He who walks with wise men will be wise. I'm hearing to a lot of James Stewart these days. How many of you are listening to James Stewart? I've recommended some of his teachings. You know, one of his messages, he says, one of the things that happened to my life, I chose whom I will hang out with. I was an 18-year-old student in my university, but you know the people I was hanging out with? I was hanging out with a 40-year-old pastor and elders who were much more senior to me. Those were the people I was hanging out with. Now think about it, no? How many of you think it is cool to hang out with pastor? Uh, 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 no, I'm, I'm a very serious question. Very, very serious question. It's a game changer. This uh, truth, it, it has become a maxim or a, or a pity uh, in, 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 in contemporary uh, uh, sayings, right? Look at, look at what some of the contemporary sayings, you know this very well. Show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. How many of you heard this? Yeah, you heard it. A little tweak, slight tweak. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Oh. I was just googling this, okay? I was trying to look at look up certain certain of these pity maxims. And I, I, I found a killer. This is, look at this is fantastic. This is something biblical as well. Look at what it says. Fantastic. Hang out with those who have a common future, not a common past. How many, how, how many of us are I want to go to people who have failed in life? Oh, she understands my problem. Nobody in the church understands. Where are they going? I'm not saying that you should not go there. No, 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 no. But do they have a common future? Very important. That is the reason why bad company corrupts good manners. I am telling you honestly, many of us young people have no idea whom should we hang out with. No idea. You see? I learned from James Stewart. I said, you know what? Hang out with your pastor. Learn that. (laughs) If you hang out with your pastor for such a, for a sufficiently long period of time, consistently, every day, not one day, you know, imatradane, Ah, whatever, in, in Telugu. Hmm? Once in a while, say hi. What will he be able to say? Nothing. He will also say hi. And he will also say bye very quickly. You see. 
Let's come back to Proverbs chapter 13. So, hang on. Choose your mates very carefully, my dear brothers and sisters. What fellowship has light with darkness? Etc, etc, etc. Because you know, I'll tell you, understand, I'll tell you, whenever you meet, you're always exchanging ideas. You know that? You're always, it's, the transaction is never neutral. Either iron is sharpening iron, or you're getting blunter and blunter and blunter. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20. Just look at several translations. I want to, I want to get a particular word and I want to use it. I want the Bible to use it in a different translation. See what word I want to use. He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. That is NIV. I didn't like, I didn't really drive home the point because I didn't like the word. I wanted some more intense word to come out. So walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Okay. Sometimes we don't like good news translation. But this is real good news, okay? This was good news for me, at least. This is what a good news translation will say. Keep company with wise and you will become wise. If you make friends with stupid people, you will be... This is as clear as day. So association is so important. See? See, you should be able to recognize... People, whether they are being a positive influence or a negative influence, recognize. The word recognize is very interesting. Recognize, cognition, recognito, meaning understand what that person is saying. What is a perceive? The person. Just don't blindly choose. Okay? So what we hear is very important, right? So you'll see this example in, in the New Testament, in the Old Covenant, a fantastic example. And the way the whole thing works out, it becomes a game changer. Look at 1 Kings chapter 1 verse 3. This is after Solomon dies and Rehoboam becomes the king of joint Israel. Israel is still not divided. So Jeroboam, who already has a prophecy spoken over his life, he still doesn't want to, you know, choose that path. So he goes to Rehoboam. This is what he says. So they went, so they sent for Jeroboam and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke uh, he put on us and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, young king who just became the king, uh, Rehoboam answered, go away for three days and then come back to me. So the people went away. And look at this. Who you hear matters. See what happens over here. Then, who? King Rehoboam. See, the first it started with Rehoboam. Now the narrative changes. King Rehoboam consulted the elders and who, who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people? He asked. They replied. Look at this reply. If today you will be a servant. Bah. You know? Do you want to succeed? How many of you want to succeed in your career? Okay, let, us, let me ask this question. How many of you want to have a ruined career? Show, show me your hands. How many of you want to have a successful career? Show me your hands. Jyoti, you don't want to have? Come on. Successful career. Hands up in the air, straight. Okay. Alright, that's good. Some people don't want to. That's okay. They're still questioning whether I should have a success. When there, when, is it biblical? Is it spiritual to have? No, no. Let me tell you something. 
There's nothing wrong in having successful career in terms of success in terms of the kingdom. But you really want to be a successful person, be a servant, wherever you are. Your attitude toward others will determine your success. Look at what he says. If today you will be a servant of these people, serve them and give them a favorable answer and then what happens? They will always be your what? Oh, you see, you want people to serve you, you serve them. That's exactly what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. He says, do unto others as you would have do unto you for what? This is the law and the prophets. This is the law and the prophets. Okay, Rehoboam was clever or stupid. We'll know very well, very soon. But Rehoboam rejected the advice, verse 8, of the elders. The elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him. Who were serving him. No, these are all people who are, you know, what? there's the psychophants. No? Psychophants, you know, it's called psychophant symphony, you know that? They all come and sing. Oh, Kring, you are great. He said, what is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke of, that your father put to us? You know what the young man said? The young men who had grown up with him replied, these people who have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make your yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. In other words, you know what you're saying, what they're saying? You know, in, in popular Telugu, Colloquial. Mama, no king, mama. You're a king? And you have to serve others? They should serve you. Have you heard that? King? I mean, this is a very common thing among the youngsters. Mama, king, mama. You are a king? My little finger will be fatter than my father's waist. And Solomon, I don't know whether he was having a six-pack or a family pack. But I'm sure... He was arrayed in a lot of glory to, to hide his belly, I'm sure. <laughs> my father laid on you a heavy yoke and I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. And what happened? You know what happened, right? A divided kingdom. Absolute division and downfall started when one guy chose to listen to flattery chose to listen, chose to listen. Therefore, it is very, very important who you listen to. Young people, be careful. Don't hang out with elders. Stick with them. Don't eat their heads, but you know, learn from them. Okay, you can ask them questions, not a problem. You see, learn, hang out. Even so many people don't hang out. I know it. For a fact, even in our own church, they don't hang out. They avoid pastor very conveniently. More pastor, more bayam, not bayam. What bayam? That is the reason why you're not growing. For me also it is bayam, but I overcome my bayam. It's always. <laughs> and you know, one of the things that I do every day you now, consistently, you can ask pastor every day in the morning, I knock at his door and I wait. What is he going to say? Okay, very important, very, very important, very important. Okay, so the content and the messenger, very important for growth. Look at this, this is what 
Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 22. 2, 2, 2, 2, 2. Okay, look at what he says. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace. How? Along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You see that, everybody? Association, very important. So, what you hear has two components. What is that? The content and the messenger, both. Okay? You'll see this working out so fantastically in one church. Look at how it just works out, you know. Superb. Look at how it says, and this is in First Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm reading from verses 5 onwards. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5 onwards. For our gospel did not come to you in word only. Okay? That means not just the content, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know, Ah, look at this. What kind of men we were among you, for whose sake? Ah, for your sake. That's exactly what Jesus said, you know. For their sake, I sanctify myself. This is exactly what he's saying. Not only the word, the content of the message was, was right. The messengers who carried the content also were right. And then what happened? You became followers of who first? Of Of us first. And then of the Lord. How? Having received the word in much affliction. With joy of the Holy Spirit. So what happened to you? So that you became examples to others. You see how the pattern is? This guy they hear not only the content. They follow the pattern. And they become an example to others. That is the process. Therefore what you hear. Has a direct relationship. In what you become. Ultimately. You got that, everybody? Second, that is what we hear. Second is how we hear. Let's read that. In Found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 18. Same parable of the sower. Therefore, take heed. Read that, everybody. How you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given. The same thing, same Construction again. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. What does it mean? No, to understand what is going on over here. To determine, see here he's talking about the attitude with which you listen. There he's talking about the content which you listen. Here he's talking about the, what to listen? The attitude with which you listen. In order to understand the attitude, you should pay careful attention to the word here itself. Okay? Very interesting. Very interesting. To hear. What does it mean to hear? That is the title of today's message, by the way. What does it mean to hear? Okay? What does to hear mean? In its totality. It comes from, in the Old Covenant... The Greek has only one word and one meaning, typically. Hebrew. How many of you know the Hebrew word for here? Anybody can say, tell me that. Uh, 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 uh. Shema. Oh, yes. Shema. Shema, O Israel, Adonai, Lehu, Adonai, Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. The Lord is one. The guy's name, the first prophet 
on also prophet come judge of the new of, of, of the old testament is what who the f- prophet come judge of the old of the old testament the first prophet come judge comes here of the old testament samuel you know that is samuel it's actually shmuel which is a combination of shama and el which means the lord hears why does the lord hear samuel because samuel hears ah simple you got it shmuel Shema El, Shmuel, that's the word, the, Shem, the word Shema. Shema to hear. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. The point here I'm trying to emphasize is, it is just not important what you hear, how you hear. That is the idea here. So, what are the other synonyms of the word here rendered into the English language. What does it mean? What does the message of the word Shma mean or Shama mean? In order to understand that, let us look at a very interesting passage in the Old Covenant which encapsulates in its totality the word Shama with all its meanings. Actually two. So all means two. Don't say all my parents are here. I mean you said Two, two of my parents here. So, Genesis chapter 22. This is what it says. It encapsulates in its totality the word here. Okay? So just keep, keep that in mind. And obviously we're looking at how we hear. So this is Genesis chapter 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said, and he said, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. You know the story. So when does Abraham start? So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place where God had shown him, had told him. Then he came to the place of which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son but the angel of the Lord came to him from heaven and said, how many times? Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Look at this. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad Or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And in verse 18, he gives him a promise. This is the promise. This is fantastic. Look at this promise. And this is where we hear the word Shema. And I want you to guess the word Shema in this verse. Okay. Let's, Let's do a Hebrew class over here. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Tell me, which is the word Shema? Ah, that is Shema. So, what you hear? How you hear? If you do not hear the word of God with an attitude of obedience. It doesn't matter how difficult it might seem. If I do not obey it, I have not heard it. That's exactly the reason why what James will say. You know what? He says, my dear brothers, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. 
But what will you do if you just do that? You deceive yourselves. So it's very important how we hear. And, 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 and James will actually capture this exact um, narrative in his, in his epistle. This is what he says in James chapter 2. But do you want to know a foolish man that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works faith was made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed in God and was counted to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only and you know how we conclude such chapter. He says for as the body without the spirit is dead faith without obedience is dead. See that. So and, and you know what? The important thing is just not obeying the general, as I said, obeying the specific. There'll be one specific thing that you don't want to do, you have to do it. And it starts with little, little things in your life, by the way. Hmm. Look at it. This is in First Samuel chapter 15, verse 1 onwards. Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Now tell me which word is the word Shema. Heed. Thank you. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing, oxen, sheep, camel and donkey. Everything. Radical. To the root. Okay. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel. You know the story. I'm just not going through the entire passage saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. For he has turned back from from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel that he cried out to the Lord all night. And look at what he says. So Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul. It was told Samuel saying, Saul went to Carmel and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone gone on around, passing passed by and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. You see how different God sees and he sees. This is what he says that though. And you know what Samuel says? Why then you did not obey? Now tell me the word Shema. Obey. You see that? Obey the voice of the Lord. Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? You know, it's very interesting. If you are willing and you know what the word obedient? Shema. <laughs> you will eat the best of the land. So there is an attitude with which you hear. Whether you want to obey. So you already have, a, have made a decision. You know that? It's like this, no? Uh, when you, when, when, when my mother says, Vijay, I'm going out to church. Don't watch TV. It's a commandment. You've already made, a, made up your mind. She's going and I'm watching. You see? Your mind has already, I mean, your body already goes where your mind, you keep, keep hearing that, right? Your body goes where your mind has already gone and you find this already, always in hoardings also these days. Like I've seen some of the, one of the hoardings of an engineering college. Think placements, think CMR. You see that? You see that hoarding? Think placements, think CMR. 
In, in other words, if you really want good placements, let think about us and when you keep thinking about us, yeah, eventually you will have you, basically. You already know. You see, you already made up your mind what to do here. You see? that. So you're, you could be hearing message after message, but you have already made up your mind whether to obey or not. You see? That is important. That is the reason why the attitude with which you listen to the word is so important. You see? He says, you have not obeyed. God says, you did not obey. What does Saul say? I have obeyed. And you know what God says? What do you mean? We brought back Agag and and everything else. We just, only Agag, we we utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the plunder and sheep with the oxen and the best of the things which we have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices than obeying? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. You see that word shema, 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 shema. Everywhere, obey. Heed. Otherwise, rebellion is as a sin of oh, sorcery. We heard that. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. The Lord has also rejected from being king. You know what he's saying? If you haven't completely obeyed, if you don't have the disposition of obeying my word completely to the end, it does not matter. If you think you have heard, you actually rejected it. You need to understand. Therefore, therefore, faith, genuine faith, by the way, will always lead us to obedience. And, and you will see the two book ends, if you will, of the book of Romans. And I learned this new word, book ends. You know what a book ends means? How a book starts and how a book ends. So the two book ends you want to see, the book of Romans? Look at what it says in Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Through him, Verse 5, Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Through him we have received what? Grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. How does it end? How does it end? Look at what it says in Romans chapter 16 verse 25 to 27. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God. What? For the obedience to the faith. To God alone, wise be glory and dominion forever. Amen. That is how it ends. So, it begins with obedience. It ends with, that is the reason it says, gospel is the power of God into salvation to everyone who believes or in it the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness which is by what? Faith from first to last. And that is obedience which is increasing from first to last. If you don't obey and you give some sacrifice to God, that sacrifice will be an abomination in his sight. I had, I don't have to say this. This is what scripture says in Proverbs chapter 29, 28 verse 9. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 28 verse 9. One who turns away his ear from what? Hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Forget about anything else. His prayer also becomes an abomination because he has no inclination to obey completely. So, 
what we hear has two parts. The content and the messenger. How we hear talks about the attitude. And the attitude God is looking for is obedience. You know, we look at these two, right? What we hear, who we hear, how we hear. But how do we accomplish this so that we can please God? So that our hearing can please God? You know, it's, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about, you know, one of the very common problems we all struggle, right? Here, we struggle with the content so many times. We say, oh, this is too tough. I don't want to listen to it. Okay? We struggle so much with, 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 the, with the kind of people that we want to hang out with. We, we are always between two opinions, whether to hang out with the crowd who is cool and hang out with the crowd we, we think are boring. And we always have a struggle with obedience. See, you, there's, there's, there is, at, like, like we always study in our church, we only, we look at, we don't just look at the periphery, we look at the depth, we look at the reasons as to why we choose what to hear and how we hear. If you tackle that reason, then we have actually tackled the problem of hearing. Do you know that? So the question we need to ask ourselves is, where does the problem actually lie in our hearing? You got that, everybody? How many of you want to know the solution to the problem? Okay. If you don't want to know, I mean, some people are saying, solution, problem. What is the solution? What is? You don't have a clue, cotton picking ideas to what I'm saying. But listen to it again, you'll understand. No, it's like it says in the book of Hebrews, right? The word that was spoken to them did not profit them because they did not. You know what ESV says? It says the word that was spoken to them did not profit them because it did not find faith in those who heard it. In other words, the word is coming like this. He's looking for faith. No faith, gone. It's like, you know, the word is foreign. I mean, I, I, I gave this example sometime back in the church. I remember one of my friends who went to Sweden to study. Long time back, this was in 2003, 2002, when Sweden opened up its doors for foreign students, and which they regret now. Okay, so they opened up their doors to foreign students and to give them tuition-free education. Look at the foolishness. Okay, that apart, but our Gultis have taken advantage of that. They said that we will go to do our masters. So this guy ended up in Sweden, it was way back in 2003. And he came to Canada to do his PhD. So both of our, both of us were roommates. Brilliant fellow, okay, brilliant guy. He can play blindfold chess. He was a fantastic, brilliant kid. His name is Pemaraju, by the way. Pemaraju, very, very famous last name. His brother is a professor in Stanford. He's a brilliant guy. Okay, so let me tell you a story of this guy. Okay, he said, Vijay, I went to Sweden. You know what? In Sweden, uh, when I went the first time, they were actually receiving foreign students into their land and all the people were xenophobic. Xenophobia, fear of strangers. And they were so afraid of strangers. I felt so unwelcome. I said, what do you mean you felt so unwelcome? I'll tell you what happened. I was, I was, I was walking down the street once and I saw a family about 200 meters from, from, from me. They just looked at me and even as I was approaching that, their door, they're standing outside the house, they looked at me, they suddenly, their face changed and they ran inside the door and shut the door. And the second incident was, you know, in, in Sweden, the population is so low. Anybody who's, I mean, who's using public transport just has to wave his hand and bus will stop. 
So this guy was going to university and the bus was going and he just, you know, he said, the driver looked at him, zoom, and he went. Hundred meters down the line, there was a localite who was there and she waved her hand, that fellow stopped. And he said, Vijay, I was so unwelcome. My God, I had such a terrible time two years just getting myself used and it was cold on top of that and it is more depressing when you can't talk to people and it is cold. You know that, right? If you go to cold countries, cold is depressing. Really, it depresses you. You know, this is exactly, when I heard that and I was thinking about the word of God, it's just like that. You know, the word of God comes into the into your lives and you look at the word of God, you say, no, 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 no. You run into your home and you close the door because it does not find faith in you. It's foreign. It's not, it's not, it's absolutely foreign to you. That's exactly what it says. The people when they heard it did not profit them because it did not find faith in those. So God is asking, does he find faith in you? That's exactly the question in Luke's gospel chapter 18. When the son of man comes, will he find faith? Mm-hmm. So, so we have to tackle the root problem, you see. The, the, the problem is not what we hear. The problem is not what who we hear. The problem is not how we hear actually. The problem is this. Let's all read that together. Who has your ear? <laughs> that is the problem. There's a lot of difference. The problem is not how you hear. The problem is not what you hear. It is not a who you hear. The problem is who has your ear? You find this, I'm not speaking extra biblical by the way. It's This is mentioned once in the old covenant and once in the new covenant. I'm going to look at both these before we stop for the day. This is found in Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 10. Look at what he says. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? You see the problem? I want these guys to hear, but whom shall I give? And he tells the root cause. This is called RCA. Root cause analysis. Indeed, their ear is what? Uncircumcised. And they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of God is a reproach or offense to them. They have no delight in it. Why? The whole idea is because your ear is uncircumcised. What is uncircumcised ears? You know, circumcision is a symbol of separation, right? That's what we hear in our church over and over again. You are set apart. This is the covenant that God has given you. The mark of, 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 of the, of the covenant is that you are circumcised. What you are saying, it's an outward symbol of an inward reality, which is a sign saying that I am separated unto God. So what is a circumcised ear means? My ear is what? Separated unto God. In other words, who has my ear? God has my ear. Now look at this. This is found so vividly in the old covenant. Look at how it says in the book of Deuteronomy. Who does your ear belong to? This is what is found in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 15. Read this very carefully. Fantastic. Verse 12 onwards. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year you shall let him go free from you. 
When you send him away free from you, you shall not let him go empty-handed, but you shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your winepress, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give it to them. And I'll tell you something. Are we, were we not slaves to sin? Yes, we were all slaves to sin. God bought us, yes. You know what? After God purchased us, it's just a picture, okay? Picture of redemption. He redeems us. And then you know what he says? He lets us go. Do you know that? Remember Isaiah. Isaiah goes to the temple and he meets the most unexpected person. Jesus. Many Christians come to church, they don't expect to meet. Isaiah also went with that attitude but found Jesus that day. When he found Jesus, his whole life changed. You know what he said? I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Then what happened? The seraphim took the coals from the altar, rushes towards him. Your iniquity is purged. Your sin has been atoned for. You are free. And then the Lord will ask, who will go for us? He doesn't say, Isaiah, go for us. No. Who will go for us? He's still a question. And you know what the Lord, and one says, Lord! I, okay, you will go. Those fellows will hear, but they will not hear. They will see, but they will not see. And you will make their hearts even more hard. This is a picture of salvation to all of us. I mean, this is just a picture, okay? I'm not literally saying. It's a picture. God purchases us, but you know what? He lets us go, and he blesses us. That's exactly what he says. He blessed them. You shall remember that you were a slave. Look at this. This is a connection over here. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. Why, the reason why I'm commanding you this day is because the Lord your God redeemed you. But, ah, this is interesting. This is fantastic. I, I love this. And if it happens, he says to you out of his free will, I will not go away from you, master. You see, when 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 uh, Paul uses this uh, paradigm of slave and master in Romans chapter 6, he says, I'm using this because of the infirmity of your flesh. Because you, you, you guys don't get offended because I'm using this master-slave analogy. You don't know what kind of a master you have. You have no idea who your master is. You see, he says, I will not go away from you, master, because he loves you and your house, since he has prospered with you, then you shall take an all and trust it through his, through his ear to the door and he shall, love this, be your servant forever. And it's just not man, both men and women. What does it mean? That day, from that day, this fellow says, Master, you have my ear. I am not going to listen to anybody. I am going to listen only to you and you alone. Then it doesn't matter what you hear, how you hear, who you hear, because my ear is tuned to you. I will hear your voice alone, even if it's from a donkey. You see? The idea is that. Look at Jesus. The greatest paradigm. You will see that in his life in such a fantastic way. It's found in in the book of Psalms chapter 14. 
sacrifice and offerings thou did not desire. Oh, mine ears thou hast pierced. That's what it means actually. Digged, not open, pierced. Burnt offering and sin offering thou hast not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the written, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will. Oh my God, your law is in my heart. My ear belongs to you. Question, my dear brothers and sisters, who has your ear today, this morning? Does God have your ear? Then what happens? Then I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lord, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord. Thou knowest I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. You know why? Because you have my ear. The guy who has your ear has you. See, look at what, do you want to know whether the teaching is right or not? This is what John will say, you know, John's gospel chapter, I mean, Jesus will say in John's gospel chapter 7. Jesus answered, my teaching is not from my, is my, is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will. It's a choice, my dear brothers and sisters. God is not going to force himself upon us. It's a choice. You are saying by your own free will say, Lord, I, your ear, I mean, my ear belongs to you. If anyone chooses to do the will of God, we'll find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak of my own authority. In other words, do you want to know whether I'm speaking of my own authority or, or of, I'm speaking from God? If you deal, if you choose, if you've already made a choice to do His will. You see, so many people have not made a choice. They're still wavering. Valley of decision. Millions and millions upon millions upon the valley of decision. They're still vacillating between two opinions. They have not made up their mind. You see that? That's so important. It's a pathetic state in so many believers I've seen. They're still not vacillating. They're still vacillating between two opinions. They've not made up their mind. It doesn't matter what I'm going to go through. Lord, you have my ear. If it is difficult, I don't care. But I know. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. You have my ear. Whoever speaks on their own own does not gain the personal glory, uh, does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is the man of truth. There is nothing false about him. You see, it's very interesting, you know, John, John says in John's Gospel chapter 7, his, uh, his brothers will say, go to Jerusalem. If you want to seek to be known, nobody will do, will do all these acts secretly. You know what he says? My time is not yet come. And he, he doesn't go with them. After a while he goes. It's strange. I mean that's very interesting. You know, Zach Poonan gave this very interesting example. Uh, you know, to understand this. It's like, you know, for example, let's say you have a police officer who's standing at Begampecharasta. This is walkie-talkie. And his colleague comes on the bike. He comes. Police station both And then run, nubo. Okay, his colleagues are speaking to one another. This guy comes and he says, where are you going? I'm going to the police station. Do you want to come? He says, no, 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 I'm not coming. He's so he goes. 
and he reaches the police station in let's say 20 minutes after 10 minutes you he sees his colleague on a lift bike he takes a lift from some other guy you know it happens in hyderabad police people take lift forcefully they sit on their bike and says drop me he finds his friend 10 minutes later coming to the police station and so he'll ask are imendi when i came asked you whether you want to come to the police station you didn't come but how come you came you know says i have a walkie talkie sir called me Therefore, I came. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. Where are you going? Jerusalem. You also go. Come. No, I'm not coming. You go. After a few minutes, you find him. How did you come? Walkie-talkie. My father said, He has my ear. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be swayed by your opinion whether or you're telling me lies. You can t- think that I tell lies. But I just heard from my father. I, he has my ear. He asked me to come. I came. I don't care what you think now. You're such a snob. Doesn't matter. See? So it's very important who has your ear. Look at Paul. You see? Paul. Look at what he says. This is what we call the the concept of a bond servant, right? He says, found in Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Paul. ah, Read that. A bond servant of Jesus Christ incidentally called to be an apostle, separated for the gospel of God. Separated. I am, my ear belongs to God. I am a bond servant of Jesus. I will hear to him alone. That's how he says, I wish that I come to you by God's will. Oftentimes I wanted to come to you, but I was prevented thus far so that I might have fruit among you as well as among other Gentiles because I long to see you. You see? Question today. My dear brothers, young brothers, who has your ear? How do you know that God has your ear? How do you know? For you? Do your parents have your ear? Do your mentors have your ear? Do your teachers have your ear? Do they have your ear? Everybody wants success, but nobody wants to listen. Before we conclude, we look at the context in which uncircumcised ears is used in the new covenant to look at the attitude. This is Stephen in Acts chapter 7. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. How does he come to that conclusion? Because you resist the Holy Spirit. You see, your attitude to the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life determines who has your ear. That is the reason my pastor keeps on telling us, you know, he says, don't quench the spirit. Don't grieve the spirit. Don't insult the spirit. Why? Because that is such an important aspect of our growth because our hearing is completely dependent upon how we receive the Holy Spirit. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one of whom you have now become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of the angels have not kept it. And what happens? You know what happens to him. They kill him. You see, well, uh, Warren Beersby made a fantastic observation. He said, when the Jews consented in the murder of John, they received, they rejected God the Father because 
John was a man sent by God. Right? When they killed Jesus or when they crucified Jesus on the cross, they rejected God the Son. When they martyred Stephen, they rejected God the Holy Spirit. And the moment you receive God the Holy Spirit, reject God the Holy Spirit, you read the book of Acts, Acts chapter 7, the Jewish evangelism is over. Eight Samaria, nine conversion of Paul, then Cornelius is the Gentiles. John's Gospel chapter 16. Why is this important? And when he has come, this is about the Holy Spirit. He will convict (laughs) the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. So important, therefore. You know, when conviction takes place, how we respond is so so important, my dear brothers and sisters. So we try to tackle the problem at the at the at the at the superficial level, but there's a deeper problem because you know what? Our ears don't belong to God. You see? Therefore, the Holy Spirit says, What does the Holy Spirit say? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 onwards. Therefore, the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Today, you know, you make a choice. Not today. I mean, it's, 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 it's a growth. It's a, it's a process. You know, it starts with little things. Obeying your parents. That's exactly how Samuel started in his, 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 his career of hearing. You know how the book of Chronicles ends? It's, it's called Samuel the seer. How did Samuel become the seer? Because he heard. And how did his career of hearing be- begin? By hearing his mother first. Second hearing Eli. And then hearing God. That is how he graduated. That is how we graduate. It starts with little things and we have to practice over and over again. Familiar voices we hear. And then we will be able to hear the unfamiliar voice of God. That will become familiar to us. Familiar means I'm not saying that we become too casual. No. We'll know. We'll know. So this evening, let us make a decision, Lord. Circumcise my ear. So that I may hear you Alone. Can we all stand up this evening in the house of God? But I'm telling you, you know, this is a burden of my own heart, in my own struggles. And, 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 and I wish I could change so much of my own life and my past, the things that I've done, I wasted not hearing. I don't want to do that anymore. You know, we believe that this year is a year of destiny for all of us, right? But it begins with hearing. We make a choice, make a decision today. And you say, Lord, my ear belongs to you. Willingly, Lord. Because you have redeemed me. And grant me the grace so that I will delight to do your will. So that your law will be in my heart. Can we pray? Father, this evening, 
Oh Lord, we want to hear you more and more, Lord. Circumcise our ears this evening, oh Lord. Circumcise our ears. So many of us struggling with obedience is because, not because it's difficult to obey. It is, you said my commandments are not burdensome. It is because we don't love. And we don't love because we have uncircumcised hearts. And we have uncircumcised hearts because we have uncircumcised ears. Oh, Father. And you will not circumcise our ears, oh Lord, by force. It is our decision to make. Because you will not force yourself upon us. Yes, you will circumcise your heart, our heart. That's what you promised. The Lord, your God, will circumcise your heart that you may love him and keep his commandments. But Lord, you will never, ever forcibly force yourself on us in order to circumcise our ears. It's our choice that we need to make. And today, Lord Father, we don't want to vacillate between two opinions. Lord, we want to acknowledge as we sang today, you are our king. And we want to hear your voice and your voice alone. It doesn't matter which vessel you choose to speak to us through, O Lord. We pray, Father, that our ears will be attentive to you, Father, so that the vessel will not matter. Father, you will be able to speak to us even through a donkey because our ears belong to you. Father, therefore we take, Father, our will and we circumcise our ears and we say, Father, Lord, our ears belong to you. Our ears belong to you. Can you just make that confession this evening if it is your conviction? Say, Lord, my ears belong to you, Lord. You have my ear. You have my ear. Grant us the delight to do your will. (sighs) Father, we thank you, Father, for this evening. Grant us grace, O Lord, to make decisions. To even make a decision. Lord, you said, you said. Oh God, you said, Lord, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For God is at work in you to will and to obey. Oh, Father, what a promise. Even to will, we need your strength. Lord, we come to you. And we say, Lord, we surrender. We say, Lord, you have our ear. Thank you. We praise you, we worship you, Father. And even as your children go from this place, Father, give them assurance, O Lord, even as they willfully submit themselves to you, O Lord, willingly, willingly submit themselves to you. I pray, Lord, you would give them assurance. You, Lord, the love of God will be shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. That is what you promised us, O Lord. Father, that you will experience joy. They will experience the joy of obedience. Because you said righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. Oh, Father, grant us joy. Praise you, we worship you. We give you glory, honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.